Hey there, it's Ariel Hawani, one-third of the fastest-growing show in combat sports. I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll, and together we are 3 Puck. Join us on the Spotify Live app after every UFC pay-per-view and become a part of the best community in mixed martial arts. Or, if you can't make it, check out the Ringer MMA Show podcast exclusively on Spotify. See you then. Love yous. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From superchargers, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Kirk Horlbeck. You can check out our fantasy football rankings, our live and updated at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. You can check out our updated rankings there and our tiers for each position. Today, we're going to be doing our running back tiers. Now, our tiers are up, and we're basically going to go through our tiers today at running back, and we're going to look at them, and we're going to decide who's right and wrong, and we're going to argue about them. We're going to decide what we need to change on the fly. (laughs) We basically reach our tiers through like what um, an uneasy tension. I love how we're like, hey, so the the tiers that are up right now in the guide, yeah, those aren't it. We're gonna fix those on this pod right now. <laughs> Here's the thing about rankings, Craig. Like, until the point in which you say, okay, fine, I'm done. Like, I'm a tinkerer. I'm gonna tinker a hundred percent of the time. It's like the Pirates of the Caribbean line. They're guidelines, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Also, if Beyonce can edit her album. Or like, or did she do Netflix that? Netflix is editing shit from like two years ago. We could do whatever. Exactly. The fans bullied Beyonce into changing song lyrics. <laughs> the Strangers Things finales being edited. Like we can edit our freaking rankings. There's actually news coming out. I don't know what news is coming out about the upside down. I love Strangers Things. That's my favorite show. <laughs> is that what I said? You did. Oh, well, sorry. Anyway, we're going to go through our tiers. But first, just one, hit, um, one piece of news that's Kind of been trickling, but I think we got an update today. So Matthew Stafford has this kind of elbow arm injury going on. Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic, who's a great reporter, had an update on The Athletic kind of clarifying things. And to basically kind of summarize Jordan's report, basically Stafford's arm isn't bothering him for a while. Arm, elbow, I don't know exactly what it is, but well, I, I don't know if it's publicly known. But basically it's been bothering like last year too. And he's just a really tough guy. And they basically managed it last year, but he didn't really take any time off. This year, they're managing it differently because he's been there. Mm-hmm. They know the offense. So he's just kind of taking the time off because he can. So it's kind of like a pain tolerance thing. And they basically will probably have him throw more later this month. And that doesn't mean it's not concerning. <laughs> but when he does throw, he looked fine. I, I don't know if you saw, but Ian Rappaport reported that it, it is bad tendonitis. Yeah. Bad tendonitis. Okay. I don't like this at all. 
So I asked Jordan Rodriguez, because uh, I, I know Jordan. So I asked her on a scale of one to 10, how concerned are you about this? And she said five, which was. Um, oh, I that's was, more I'm, than I thought. That's, I, 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 that's like a seven or an eight. <laughs> you know, it was so funny. I didn't want to tell her this, but I was like, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. That like five gives me ten. weird feelings in my stomach. Uh, well, she wrote on, as she wrote on Twitter, like they essentially this is nothing new. This is exactly what Matt Stafford de- dealt with last year. And yeah, he played through the pain. Essentially, the idea is Stafford is tough as hell and he's just going to play through it regardless. So like we probably shouldn't worry about this bag of bones. <laughs> he's tough, though. He's this guy's played through like every injury there is. Yes. Well, not I mean, he, he's missed some significant time in his career from injuries. But like I, this cannot make you guys feel feel good. He has tendonitis yeah. in his elbow. He's not throwing. They basically said, like, we thought he'd be good by now. And he's kind of not. So we're taking it easy on him. And like, we'll he'll start throwing when we start prepping for the bills, like at the end of August. Well, he's throwing he's throwing just a little because like during this whole hoopla about Stafford's arm falling off today, like there was also tweets going out about him, like perfectly hitting Tutu Atwell and stride 50 yards downfield. That was like, John Walford. That was the backup. No, I thought I thought it was Stafford. Somebody, was somebody wrote today Stafford. And Thursday? He didn't throw a Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday. Did he yeah, I, well, I could be wrong, but I thought it said Stafford. Regardless, like he's on a pitch count. He's on a he's on a plan. There's a very specific plan. And I think that it's like load management. They're trying not to have him, um, you know, make it worse than it needs to be. But it sounds like it is a deal that we have to monitor. Um, End of the day, I'm not really too worried. It is maybe like a tiebreaker, though. Like when you're sitting there on the clock, tiebreaker. Well, we already have Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup for our top receiver. I think that we're not going to move Cooper Cup any lower than that. We could talk about that when we get on our running back tiers, if you would. But like other at quarterback, sure. If you want to go like you know Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady over, I mean, yeah, sure. It's like at that point, yeah, sure, it could be a tiebreaker for Stafford. But I'm torn between like how do we ignore this? But I actually kind of feel like it's probably the reality is I think we completely underrate how many like injections these guys get before the games anyway, and it'll probably be fine. I like my quarterbacks yeah. without tendon issues in their throwing elbow, but well, you know what, Craig? That's just you. Jordan saying it's a five is not great. Well, but here's the thing. You know what I was, you know what I should have clarified? One doesn't mean you're not concerned. One could be like, you know, you're you're totally happy. You know, even one to ten, that's kind of subjective, right? Yeah. Maybe one, it's like you're a hundred percent confident it'll be good for the season. And ten is you're hundred percent confident you're not, and five is perfectly neutral. It feels like we're at the stage where all the coaches, including McVeigh, are downplaying it, saying everything's fine. We're just like keeping them on a pitch count. And all of the beat reporters are just kind of echoing that. But it, it sort of feels like everyone's denying something that could potentially be much worse than it is, but right now there's no there's no there's no purpose in speculating because we're not there yet. But that's kind of what this pod does and all the fantasy pods do is we kind of speculate and get scared about things and <laughs> get scared. Small about dogs. Stuff. Small dogs. Barking. I don't know. We can't be freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> We've come too far. Uh I am watching the video of Stafford absolutely. It, this is from the Rams actual account. Stafford just Throwing a laser downfield to Tutu. That, that was probably so he, from 2021. They're just not saying it. <laughs> yeah, they're just <laughs> last year. Freaking trying to slip it past us. Um, I don't know. Keep an eye on this, but it's yeah. it's it's not nothing. Yeah, it's crack. not nothing. We'll see if it's something. Okay. I get for oh god, can you imagine if Walford is the freaking starter for the Rams this year? That's gonna suck for Cup. That's gonna suck for Allen Robinson, our boy. It's going to suck for everybody in this freaking offense. Poor Allen Robinson is cursed. He's probably... Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's the real thing. It's like the fact that we were all like, Allen Robinson got Stafford finally. We jinxed it. Well, we were freaking talking up Tim Patrick last week, and then he fucking tore his ACL. I don't know, man. <laughs> Allen Robinson yeah, is probably paying for Stafford's medical care himself to keep him on the field. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> out of pocket. Go to Europe, okay. get some injections of some stuff. I don't know. It's Los Angeles. You can get whatever drugs you want. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Nano Find the ayahuasca, yeah. whatever. We'll talk about the Rodgers stuff later. Oof. I wanted to talk about it immediately. I was talked out of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's get into our running back tiers. So again, I think tiers are really important because uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, when we put up our rankings and we have like the 20th running back and the 21st running back, spoiler, we don't always give a shit who, what order someone goes in. Like the 21st, the 20th, sometimes we just don't care. Our 50th player, 51st, there's not a huge gap. But there are absolutely buckets of players that we feel different about the mm. next group of player. And personally, at least for me, I don't want to speak for you guys, it is way more important for me for everyone to understand how we think of these players in groups, both with their potential upsides and downsides. And that when you're drafting and the clock's tick, 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 and there's like 14 seconds left and you're between this running back receiver and maybe you've had three beers and you need to look down real quick and you need to say, wait, I'm not picking again for 11 picks. And there's two good running backs I left left that I like, but there's like nine good receivers. I'll take the running. Like you need to know how your tiers fit or like, wow, there's like eight quarterbacks I still would be perfectly happy with. I'll take the last tight end I want so I don't have to like stream tight ends all year. And this is why we do tiers. So we're going to go through our tiers and make sure we're going to try to go on the fly. Craig, Deke, and I, we're going to basically see if we still agree on how we've tiered. Because when we make our tiers, we disagree. So is that how you guys feel about tiers as well? <laughs> Yeah, and it's about it's about looking for tier drops. Like the drop from one tier to the next is is significant enough that it alters your strategy and, and it helps you decide when you're going to take a certain player, which round kind of like target certain players. So, um, yeah, I think it's super helpful. All right, so let's just get into it. Or again, you can go to fantasyfootball.thereo.com, and if you click on the positional tab the tiers appear. So we don't have our tiers when you're just looking at every position, but if you hit the little RB button on the fantasyfootball.thereo.com, our, tier, our tiers will appear, and that's what we're going through right now. Okay. Tier one, which basically I think is guys you could take first overall. Yeah. Yep. We have Jonathan Taylor for the Colts and Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers. We're cool with that, right? I mean, this one's pretty cut and dry, right? Yeah. I think my only question here is we're – we're pr kind of putting ourselves a little out there. We have Justin Jefferson as number one receiver. Cooper Cup is our number two. But I think a lot of people really are debating taping Cooper Cup anywhere from number two to number five. Does the Stafford stuff at all make you more willing to take McCaffrey over Cooper Cup in any way? Or does it not change anything for e Cup yes. in terms of I th these two I think, players? Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I, would, I think you could take McCaffrey number one overall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Not much there. I, I think honestly, I think that's the thing. If they all, if they both play the whole season, McCaffrey will probably have a better season. Right. But Taylor just is more likely to not make you feel dumb, whereas McCaffrey might get hurt. But either way, McCaffrey's like the more you know, got to risk it to get the biscuit. Taylor's just a much safer but like higher floor guy. But yeah, well, those are yeah, number two. Number I would one say guys. that's correct. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Like high floor versus high ceiling. Yeah. Tier two. We have Najee Harris for the Steelers. We have Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Derrick Henry for the Titans. Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. Does anything here... Plus Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Oh, yeah, sorry. We have Joe Mixon also for the Bengals. I, I actually don't think Joe Mixon belongs in this tier. I think that Najee, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook totally belong here. I think Joe Mixon belongs in the next group. I think you're right, actually. I don't. And, and based on our rankings overall, like Joe Mixon's 12 and then the next tier starts at 13 with Alvin Kamara. So like it kind of makes sense. There's a little bit of a drop in, in our actual numerical ranks. So I don't know. I kind of feel like it. Yeah. Craig, you're really high on Mixon. 
Yeah, and these kind of all blend together because you said, you know, we have Mixon and, and Kamara right next to each other. I think Kamara should be in this tier as well. I, mm. I don't think we move Mixon down. I think Kamara should be moved up. Mixon, Mixon got so many touches last year and played the entire season, and and nobody seems to care. Like I, I said this on prior pods, but Jamar Chase completely outshined and ruined Joe Mixon's like stellar, finally breakout season that everyone's been wait, waiting on. You know, there's only three players last year with over 250 carries and 40 catches. It was. It was Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, and Joe Mixon. Sorry, if I, it's four players. Antonio Gibson. Counting is not Craig's forte. No, it's not. But that's that's not insignificant. Like, I think we all treat Joe Mixon like he catches 20 passes a year. Like, he caught 42. He's had 45 earlier in his career. Uh, 43, 35, and 42 are his last three healthy seasons. Like, the, like we said before, the, the Bengals' offense is only going to get better. I know Heifetz thinks they're not going to make the playoffs, but their offensive line is inarguably better. Their offense is probably going to be much better. And Joe Mixon is as locked in to a two-and-a-half-down role as any other player in the league. I, I, I don't see why he should be, I don't know, apart from guys like so, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. What's the difference? Well, that's where we disagree because I think the two and a half down roll thing, one, I think Chris Evans, uh, Captain America, is probably going to play a lot of third down. But I guess we have to go to the next tier to kind of explain why I don't think he belongs in tier two. So tier two is Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and we have Joe Mixon. The next tier is a large group of guys. It's Alvin Kamara with the Saints. Saquon for the Giants. He should be in tier two as well. Well, so this, well, I'll just do this tier again. But basically when I, the next tier I think of, it's huge. And I'm like, any of these guys could be a top five running back this year. Alvin Kamara for the Saints, Saquon for the Giants, DeAndre Swift for the Lions, Leonard Fournette for the Bucks. who again, mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Jones for the Packers, James Conner for the Cardinals. I mean, we have Javante for the Broncos, Nick Chubb for the Browns. And I look at those and I'm like, Kamara's Kamara, although I would say he's touchdown dependent. Saquon, actual three down back, healthy now. DeAndre Swift, DK loves DeAndre. Leonard Fournette literally was a top five running back until he got hurt in week 14. Aaron Jones might be the leading receiver in the Packers this year, at least in terms of catches. James Conner, little top five running back uh, last year. And then, I mean, we can go down and down the list. I'm kind of like a little down on Javante to visiting Broncos camp. But I don't think it's like insulting to put Joe Mixon in that group with guys who were top five or like, that's still a really good group. I just don't think Joe Mixon is like worthy of like a top five pick this year. If you can get Saquon like 16th. He was the RB4 last year. I, I guess I just don't I don't. But that's understand. overall with the season. That's not counting all the injuries that happen on a points per game basis. Mixon's never really been like elite and the points per game is where you win. Uh, l- let's see what he was points per game. Uh, he, he, was, he was fourth in half PPR in points. He was per fourth game. in points per game. That doesn't do anything for <laughs> you. Well, that's not top five. That's like top four. That's <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence about this because on one hand, I, I agree with Hyfe. It's like there are some major concerns. I do think that there's a chance he has some uh, pretty major regression in terms of touchdowns he scored. He's probably due for some touchdown regression. He had Jonathan Taylor total. caught like 47 passes. No one seems to have a problem with that. Na- Naeem Hines plays on two minute, uh, two minute. <laughs> well, drills. you know what? You know what? I guess because here's the thing: I don't want to get caught in the minutia of like, oh, 47 passes. I think that this is like big picture. Our tier one with Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey is you should probably take one of these people not with the first pick in the draft. How would you define this second tier? Because I think of it as these are the guys who it would not at all be surprising if they ended up the number one running back. Like if yeah. I told you one of these guys would be the number one running back in fantasy, if every single running back was healthy, 
One of these guys is number one. Najee led the league in touches last year. Would not surprise me. Austin Eckler, obviously, char uh, charges, not surprising. Derrick Henry wouldn't be surprising. Dalvin Cook on a new Rams offense. And I guess I'm like, do you do you think Joe Mixon has better odds to be the number one running back to me than like Saquon, Kamara, Swift, Fournette? That, that's my question. But I, my argument is, is he literally almost did already. He was fourth <laughs> last year. He was really third of the guys who played the whole season because Derrick Henry yeah. got hurt. Like, he was third. He almost did it. To me, you should add Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley because Saquon Barkley, last year, his ADP was 10th overall. Saquon Barkley was a first-rounder last year in drafts. What's changed? He rolled his ankle, and now he's back. He's got a better coaching staff and a better offensive line. What has changed? Why is Saquon Barkley not in the back in the crew where he was uh, last year? Same with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara with Jameis Winston last year was the RB3 in points per game. Camaro was down because people were concerned about his like possibly being suspended. I'm pretty confident at this point Camaro will if he gets suspended, um, he will be suspended in 2023. DK, so if we move Camaro and Saquon up, now we have this weird thing of like DeAndre Swift and Fournette are like in a different thing. But isn't Fournette yeah. also a potentially a three down back? And this is where it gets murky. Part I, I guess I look at this as like uh, honestly, you I think the compromise is just one to leave it tier. the same. The no. compromise here. Oh, no, that's like the worst thing. I don't think Saquon and Mixon can be in different tiers. To me, if you if you push Saquon and Kamara up into tier two, then with this remaining tier, you have Swift, Fournette, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Javante Williams, and Nick Chubb. To me, it's like these are either strictly like two down guys, or they're three down guys who are not elite talents, which are like your James Connors, your Leonard Fournettes. And then you have the elite guys, elite talents like Nick Chubb and Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift, but they're not getting three down roles. That is tier three to me. Tier two, guys like Saquon Barkley and Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook and all these guys, they're all elite talents, whether they're getting two, two and a half or three down roles. That's why I think Mixon works with Kamara and Saquon and Austin Eckler, who's a, not a three down guy. Uh, the only thing I would say is that like, I have much more confidence in the Bengals having a good offense than the, than the Giants. I don't know if that's enough to separate these tiers, but uh, I, I don't know, Craig, you kind of talked me into Mixon being in tier two, but I'm not, 100% sold on moving Kamara and Barkley up. <laughs> Here's the thing, big picture, big picture though, in terms of running backs this year. We've complained a lot about the running back position recently. There's a, there, like the top 15 is Good. really strong. Yeah. And like big picture, whatever, we can argue over like where this tier ends, but, but my big picture thought is that I want, if you can, two of these top, two of the running backs in these top, three tiers or really two of the top 15 running backs would be awesome this year. Like if you can get two of Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, Najee, Eckler, Henry, Cook, Mixon, Kamara, Barkley, Swift, Fournette, Aaron Jones, James Conner. Honestly, to me, the tier break, I don't really want Javante Williams in this, in this tier, in the next tier of tier three. Like if I don't know, like if we're not going to move Saquon and Kamara up, I don't think Javante at all should be in the same tier. I just visited Broncos camp and honestly, Melvin Gordon looked great. Like, no one wants to hear that shit. He's 29 years old. He's been around forever. He's bored. I feel like that's a 50-50 split. And then, you know, like, obviously, season goes on. Javante gets better in the offense. But, like, right, I, I just, Javante, I think there's a lot of wish casting. But I, I, I feel like he should be moved down, if anything. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. So, tier one is essentially, we're cool with you taking him first overall. That's Taylor and McCaffrey. I think tier two is we're cool with you taking him number five overall because after you got Taylor and McCaffrey, it's basically Jefferson, Cup, and maybe Jamar Chase or whoever, maybe one other running back. Um, with the fifth pick, like I can definitely get behind Harris. I can definitely get behind Eckler, Henry, Cook, and I guess Mixon. Craig, are you going to take Mixon fifth overall? 
it's the seventh because we're saying Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. So we're basically saying, what do you do if you have like the seventh pick, basically? Yeah. Are you going to take Kamara mid first round? If he's playing this whole season, I don't see why not. Really? But he was kind of slowing down last year. And that's my one concern with him is it's like no one's. I don't no know if about- he was. He was used completely differently. I mean, you certainly can. I just I would not probably take Kamara seventh, but also you totally can. I mean, listen, with Kamara, they were they were feeding the hell out of him on the ground, but his passing game work wasn't too diminished either. He was catching like over four passes a game, which if you extrapolate that, that's around 71 catches for the season. That's not what he normally does, which is like low 80s, but 70s isn't but he's bad. Not the normal, but the normal's with Drew Brees, who's the checkdown king. Jameis Winston's never going to be checkdown king. I don't think Kamara's ever getting to 80 catches ever again in his career. Well, I'm just saying, he was on he was on pace for 70 with Jameis in seven games. So it's, it's not the exact same, but he was also getting 20 carries a game. And this offense is going to look a lot different. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave were not on the Saints last year. He's going to maybe have more room to run this year. But no, yeah. well, but the personnel, like part of the reason Kamara was catching it that much with Jameis is because they didn't really have the people around Jameis. Thomas got hurt. But like now with those guys, I think if anything, that's kind of more of an argument for Jameis to be pushing the ball. I, I, I The point is, yes, you could take Kamara seventh. You could take Saquon seventh. Would you take DeAndre Swift seventh, DK? Would you take or eighth? No. Let's say eighth pick. Would you take eighth? I don't think eighth? so. I, don't think yeah, so. so I, th- I think that's the tear break. So we're moving Saquon and Kamara up. Nice. I think I did. Craig right. gets his way. I do. Fuck. I think you could build an argument for any of those guys to be a mid first rounder. Put it that way. Um, with Swift, I think Daniel is stretching it a bit more because you got to like project him. He was not a very good runner last year. You're going to have to project him to have like 80 catches, which maybe that will happen. I don't know. But I think there's a reason he is kind of where he is. We have him as the RB10 because there's more question marks around him. Um, he wasn't as explosive and good on the ground as you'd hope, I think. And I think there's just more question marks about the offense in general. So, okay. I, I like where we came here. So just to say, so McCaffrey, tier one, Taylor and McCaffrey, who we would take first overall. And then guys that we would take really with like the eighth pick. And we're like, yeah, like at top eight, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Kamara, and Saquon. I think that makes a lot of sense. Those guys are all in the running. What about Fournette? <laughs> Well, no, I think tier three. So tier three now is guys that I would call guys you would take at a minimum by the end of the second round. Like if these like guys that I guess if you could take them with the first pick of the third round, you'd be like, wow, I'm happy this guy fell to me. It's like guys you would still be happy with if they were your number one running back on your fantasy team. Right. right, Yes. If you if you got these guys were the number one. If you went like Justin Jefferson and then you got like CeeDee Lamb. Or Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey. I, I don't know. Whatever. Justin Jefferson and Mark Andrews. And you got, as Craig just said, and this is your first running back with your third round pick, you'd be like really happy. So DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, James Conner. We have Javante Williams and we have Nick Chubb. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about Nick Chubb here? I think Nick Chubb should be above Javante. Like, I think that what's weird about the Chubb situation, it's really hard to project because we don't know how much Deshaun Watson's going to play. I think Watson's probably going to be out for a lot. And we've kind of projected him to do to this is what Chubb would be like for a lot. It's strange to think about the Browns offense with Chubb and just like, you know, the Jacoby Brissett world. But I'm really I think Javante is the weak link here. I think Swift, Fournette, Aaron Jones, Connor and Chubb are like rock solid for me. Well, Javante, you have to do the most projecting. Okay, so Heifetz, get into it because you were just at you're just at Broncos camp. Why are you why are you spooked on Javante? I'm spooked on Javante because forget me being at Browns uh, at Broncos camp. One, a couple things that are like the ingredients for wish casting. Cool name, really cool running style. Young runs like, over people. Is, yeah, runs over people. 
gets the Kyle Brandt angry run segments, and then also is behind a veteran that everyone's just absolutely sick of. So again, that is also the ingredients for a player to break out, but also sometimes people just want it to happen and ignore reality. So when I went there, honestly, Melvin Gordon like looks good. Like Melvin Gordon, like the play after Tim Patrick got hurt. Melvin Gordon was the guy who lined up out wide. Melvin Gordon's the guy making really cool one-handed catches. Like again, Russell Wills, this offense is about tempo. Like the, the, the Broncos are going to be playing fast. I think they're going to run a lot of plays. I think it's a lot. It's, this is a mix of what Russ did in Seattle with Nate Hackett stuff that he's done in Green Bay and Jacksonville and everywhere he's been. But like, it's a, it's a, this is the Russ show. And I think having a veteran running back, at least for the first half of the season, is going to be really important. Like Melvin Gordon, having the experience, I think it's really boring to say it freaking matters a lot. And also, I just I don't I don't see why Nate Hackett. There's nothing, not an iota of evidence to suggest one of these running backs will get like significantly more play under Nate Hackett. Nate Hackett. I, I mean, I, I just don't see why after coming out of like the Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon split in Green Bay, why this would be functionally that much different. And so I don't really think Javante totally belongs here because, you know, Aaron Jones in Green Bay without Devonte Adams, James Conner without Chase Edmonds in Arizona, Fournette with the Bucks, like, I, you know, the weight stuff, I, I don't care. I'm not, again, no disrespect to Javante, but I think that this is still solid. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide like... <sighs> Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, but Nick Chubb is splitting reps with Kareem Hunt. Aaron Jones is splitting reps with A.J. Dillon. Like, DeAndre Swift splitting reps with Jamal Williams. Like, all these guys are splitting reps, except for Fournette. Like, if anything, you could make the argument Fournette should be in the higher tier here. And these other guys all kind of fit as, like, a split backfield group. Yeah, but the difference is this isn't a, a target worth, like, three times what a carry is, and Aaron Jones... I mean, Aaron Jones... Can, can Javante like, not catch? I think Melvin Gordon, like... Maybe Melvin's better, but... I kind of... I kind of do. I, Aaron Jones in like he's played like roughly a half season without Devontae, and he averages like twenty three points a game without Devontae. He'd basically be like a top three running back without Devontae. That's he the could be like Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler light, yes. or not, or Austin just just an equal of Austin Eckler this year. Yeah. So Javante Williams had forty three catches last year, and I think Gordon had much less. Melvin Gordon had twenty eight. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you tell me, DK. You, you've watched Russell Wilson. Like in that stretch, I mean, if, if we were to say that that stretch with Russell Wilson just had in um, 2020, that like nine weeks of pure bliss. How much throw? How much checking down of running backs was there? Well, they they did make it a factor, or they made it a focus point for them to like. And I remember Chris Carson was like a big part of like the passing game. Russell Wilson's terrible at throwing screen passes for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but like he did do dump offs, and I'm going to look it up actually right now because I, I just know Carson was a factor in the passing game for a while. Like he caught some passes. Um, I don't think you're ever going to be talking about like 50 plus passes for either of these guys. Um, but like maybe in the 30s or 40s again, and I think that wouldn't be really that weird. And again, Javante Williams had 43 catches last year. Melvin Gordon had 28. They had the exact same amount of carries. Yeah. So I, it's, I, I guess my concern is if, if you're talking about like Javante with the first pick of the third round, I guess I'm like, how much room is there for him to grow? Like, how, you know, how much upside is there? Are you shaking him in his ceiling? I'm not, we don't have to move him down. We can keep him in this tier. I just look at, I think like, he makes Jones sense here. For, okay. I don't know. I, I think I do too. Also like, you know, the offense was so much worse last year. I think the upgrade of the offense kind of makes up for the fact that he's limited by Melvin Gordon again. I imagine he only ran for four touchdowns last year. Like I expect that to go up. Yeah. I think I think I think he's on the lower end of this tier, but like I don't think he belongs with David Montgomery. 
Which is the next tier. Fair. So Chris Carson had, in 2019, he had 37 catches. In 2020, he had 37 catches. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's like, I mean, again, the Seahawks were running slow, though. And, and um, there were yeah parts there where they were up-tempo and, and you know, really high explosive and really good passing offense. But um, I don't know. I, I think 30 to four, like 30 to 50 would be like the max, I would think, for any of these guys. It's not like it's going to be a 70-catch season for either of them. Okay, so we'll, we'll stick with... So Tier 3 is going to be DeAndre Swift, Fournette, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Javante Williams, and Nick Chubb. Okay. Football is right around the corner, and FanDuel Sportsbook is here to help you make every moment more because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using the promo code RINGERFANTASY. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Do we have any over-unders on, like, Javante Williams catches? I have Javante Williams rushing yards. What is it? 925. He ran for 908 last year. Give me the under. DK? He ran for 903 last year. Sorry. I mean, look, Heifetz already said the under, so I got to go the over here. I'm probably going <laughs> to lose this one because unders hit at just a staggeringly high rate compared to overs, but <laughs> screw it. Yeah, I'm going to win that. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code RINGERFANTASY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 plus in present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana, permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fandle.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342-1888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. The Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Woo! Nailed it. Woo! You're two for two. There <laughs> you go. Wow. I can see you just like that. Like there was a pucker factor there at the end. You didn't want to trip over anything. It's started- so funny. So yeah, as soon as I get to the www. <laughs> Craig and I are both I'm smiling. Like, yeah. You know what I was thinking about? Like Deshaun Jackson when he like threw the football like at the half yard line, and I'm like, don't, don't freak, don't mess up. <laughs> Yes, don't drop don't the get ball. Right? Don't, don't, don't go spiking the football at the at the one yard line. Anyway, okay. All right. So uh where are we here? Tier four. Tier four. All right. So these tier four, these running backs are Cam Akers for the Rams, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys, Travis Etienne for the Jaguars, Brees Hall for the Jets, David Montgomery for the Bears, and Clyde Edwards Alaire for the Chiefs. I think immediately we should probably bump yes. Clyde down to the bottom. Yes. So we yes. just do that right now. Do it. Not only that, you guys, why isn't Ezekiel Elliott in tier three? I know. We got to bump Zeke up, man. It's, it's, you know what? You know why? Zeke is the weight of history versus just common sense. (laughs) Zeke is so many carries. It's just like the kind of running back I don't want to invest in. And as we just said, the the previous tier was guys that if that you could get them with the first pick in the third in the third round, like you'd probably happy. Yeah, realistic. But however, if we kind of stick more to like what I like what Craig said, where the previous tier, it's like if this guy's still your top running back, you're good. 
Zeke does feel like the last one, right? Mm -hmm. Like Zeke is the last running back where you're like, you know what? I'm probably good if I have him. Yes. Uh, You're probably buying into like, you know, if you're going to buy into any running back, that's like, oh, you're get out a year early than a year too late. It's probably Zeke is probably like, you know, you're a little worried about that, but man, this is also like, you don't want to become prisoner of the moment, but like this week, Daryl Henderson was running with the ones for the Rams at training camp. There's talk of like having two starting running backs. That's not really what McVeigh has done, but it does like in the past in terms of like how with he Cam uses Akers. right with Cam Akers. Like typically McVeigh over the last few years, and especially going back with like Todd Gurley, uh, he likes to use one running back. Like he, he just does. leans on one guy. I saw a stat about that. Fourteen. There were fourteen Rams games last year where the lead running back got at least sixteen touches. Yeah, this is like Steelers light. You know, like they they just want to have one guy out there and have him do everything. Um, but that being said, like. Daryl Henderson was running with the ones. We still have a little bit of concern about Akers overall just because of the way he performed at the end of last season. just wasn't good, even though he did come back. And so you're saying Zeke recovery. should not be in the same category as Cam what Akers? I'm, yeah, my, the, long, the short of the long of it is I want Zeke to move up over Akers, and I think he should be in this tier above him. You know what's nice about Dallas? So I'm Zeke, happy to do that. Zeke just turned 27. He's not that old. He obviously has a lot of carries. But Dallas is stubborn in like the most fantasy friendly way possible in regards yep. to Zeke. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're just going to like Jerry Jones is such a stubborn old bull. And he's like, we're going to keep using Zeke. He needs to be the focal point of the offense. Like when they're inside the five, you know, who's going to get the ball Zeke. Yeah. Zeke was tied for sixth in rushes inside the five yard line last year with 12. Tony Pollard had two, like they're still using two. him in all of the best ways. And, uh, no one wants to draft Zeke, but I will. You know what? Um, <laughs> Jerry Jones. You could like get him as your RB one, and you'd be feel fine about it. Yeah, I Jerry mean, Jones is a fantasy football player. Like that's the thing. Like he actually just bought the Dallas Cowboys to play fantasy football. Like <laughs> his first press conference in like 1988, whatever year he bought the Cowboys, he said, "I'm going to be involved in everything from jocks to socks," and like he has. And the irony is, Jerry Jones is always out here saying, "Like I will do anything known to mankind to win a Super Bowl." Which is actually something he said. The irony is he'll do anything except like do less. <laughs> except for play as good players. Yeah. Except for play the good players. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think so. Moving Zeke is up is easy. So Cam, we got Cam Akers in tier four, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, David Montgomery. I'm going to move Clyde down. This is a tiny little tier here. It looks, <laughs> but it feels appropriate, doesn't it? So it's Cam Akers, Etienne, Brees Hall, and Montgomery. I think, yeah, I think this actually makes sense because the tier, the next tier, there's just so many question marks about these other guys. I think um, maybe we maybe we title this like the could be RB1s and it wouldn't be that surprising tier or something like that. Like, no, Reece Hall's probably guys... going to get the volume. David Montgomery probably going to get the volume. Aker's probably going to get the volume. Part of me thinks we dissolved tier four. No, 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 no. But also, we have these guys ranked between 30 and 45, and the next guys all go after the 60s. I think that's the tier. Yeah. I think Cam Akers, ETN, Brees Hall, David Montgomery, if the previous tier was like the last guys you're comfortable with as your top running back, these guys are like, you're kind of comfortable with them as your second running back. This is like high-end RB2s. Yeah, you're like, oh, Travis ETN. Yeah, that's cool. But I, yeah. the only guy who I don't feel that way about now is David Montgomery. But like, are any of you guys taking David Montgomery over Brees Hall, ETN, or Cam Akers in any world? No. The Bears are going to suck. Montgomery's like playing with the special teams right now in training camp. They were like using him in special teams. Uh, This new coaching staff. Bears, man. I can't can't do the Bears anymore. They didn't draft Montgomery. They didn't use him. (laughs) Khalil Herbert's been running with the first team a lot. Like, 
Yeah, but I'm taking Montgomery easily over guys like Clyde and and you know Elijah Mitchell, Penny. J.K. Dobbins? Gibson. Are you taking him easily over J.K. Dobbins? Uh, J.K. Dobbins is not going to play in week one. I don't know. Like, yeah. And Dobbins is going to have like three catches. I don't know. All I'm saying is, is if somebody was like, gun to your head, do you want A.J. Dillon or David Montgomery? Or they're like, gun to your head, do you want Miles Sanders Montgomery. or David Montgomery? I don't know. Personally, I, I the Bears are going to be horrific. And I know we talked about him on the all-boring team, but things have kind of changed in the way they're talking about using him in Chicago. So... I would never touch. I wouldn't sniff David Montgomery over Travis Etienne or Cam Akers. But that's kind of what this tier is. It's the running backs that you're passing over for receivers anyway. Like, you know what these guys, these are, we always do an episode every August that's like players we hate but have to rank. Yeah. And I would just basically describe this tier. I mean, I actually love Cam Akers and I'm upset that they're um, talking about like two starting running backs. But like David Montgomery is really up there with like also like players that we hate but have to rank. And he's like kind of merged with the all boring team. I agree with you, Craig. Like, but overall, I think I'm the last person in the world who thinks David Montgomery is good. I do think he's good. I, 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 I don't. Yeah, Craig's poisoning me. I guess the way I'd put it is like I think this tier is totally fair. Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, David Montgomery. If you get them as your second running back, you're like cool. But isn't yeah. it part of the isn't it part of the, the the ethos and the spirit of a tier that 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 each individual player could kind of be shuffled around and that and you, that you could potentially take one over the other at any given time? Yeah, but and you be could totally you could totally take Montgomery over Travis Etienne because Travis Etienne might not be the fucking starter. James Robinson might yeah. start, and then Brees Hall with the Jets. He's a goddamn rookie, and the Jets still might suck. The other part about a tier, though, Craig, is there's a big to me in my mind and why I actually support this is, and you, you're obviously saying different, and I get that, but like there's a big drop off after Montgomery to Clyde. And Dobbins and Mitchell and Dylan and Penny and, Huge. and Gibson. That in my mind at least, <clears throat> excuse me, I would just way rather have Montgomery because I believe that he's gonna get uh way more volume and I actually think he's good. Yeah, okay. We can keep him. I don't feel strong. Well, we might about as it. well just go through the next tier here. So tier five, which is again, this is like the sixties. And again, this is like these two tiers like are where you could call it the running back dead zone. These are probably your last other- startable running backs on your team. But in reality, someone called it the receiver power alley, which from like the 30th pick roughly to like the 80th pick. I like that a lot. It's probably a better way to put it because the point is... You just rather take so receivers? You want to be loading up on receivers in yeah. that area. It's an ugly and group. Like, Akers, ETN, Brees Hall, David Montgomery at the top of that group. And then like tier five is like toward the bottom, but it's like Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the Chiefs, J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens, who again, as DK said, you know, probably not playing in week one. Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers, A.J. Dillon for the Packers, Rashad Penny for the Seahawks, Antonio Gibson for Washington, Miles Sanders for the Eagles, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, Kareem Hunt for the Browns. This is a weird group. You know why? It's a bunch of starting running backs who we kind of don't believe in, and then like number two running backs that we believe in a lot. Yeah. So like A.J. Dillon, (laughs) I mean, I I actually, you could convince me he should be at the head of this whole pack because he's actually trending up. Right. Yeah, I got no problem with that. And then I, I... there are people in this tier. This is the epitome. This whole tier, honestly, to me, is guys I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, I have to rank, but I don't like any of them. Elijah Mitchell is the epitome for this. Like, my, Elijah Mitchell had, what, like, five different injuries last year as a rookie. They're bringing all these running backs, and he's like, man, I just don't think Elijah Mitchell will hold on to this job when November comes around. Or you, you don't trust that he'll stay healthy because he had, like, six injuries yeah. last year. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm saying. I just don't think he's really built. This is know. like the, to me, this is the feel bad that there are your RB2. Like you hope something yes. goes right here because you're not really counting on it. You don't feel confident about it. Like Clyde, I have like less than, I have no confidence in Clyde right now. 
These are all guys that used to be sexy picks and then it didn't work out, but we still have to rank them. Like everybody used to be into Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson. I mean, Rashad Penny, you could say, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like, mm-hmm. These are all guys who have flamed out, but we still have to rank them. I actually would, I would even put Josh Jacobs lower. You cannot make me take Josh Jacobs this year. I don't think there's a spot he could be out there where I'll be like, ah, all right, fine. I know that's probably not like I, like everybody gets one. Everybody gets one player where you're like, you know what? I don't care about value. I just don't want him. And like, for me, that's Josh Jacobs this year. I get one player, player. the blind spot where I'm like, I don't care what the price is. You know, I'm a firm believer that you fantasy of a locker room. You know what I mean? And I got to like, you know, I, I don't want Josh Jacobs in my fantasy <laughs> locker room. That's the hardest part about auction drafting is when you, usually everybody has like hive mind about those guys. Like I think no one's into Josh Jacobs this year, but then somebody will nominate him in an auction draft and his price will be settling at like $16. And you're like, all right, come on. We can't let somebody just get Josh Jacobs for $60. But you're also like, but I'm not going to be the guy to up. <laughs> that, like, I'm, yeah, not that's gonna, the worst. I'm not going to freaking pay $17. And then somebody $17. gets him for $16. And then he like has eight touchdowns and run for 900 yards. And no, he's like an absolute value. No, no, no. Here's Matthew Berry, who it's so bizarre to say at NBC Sports now, which is insane. Roto World. He did his Roto it's World. Back. It's back. Okay. They're branding, he, at least his show, Roto World. It's pretty sweet. So Matthew Berry is, uh, did his 100 facts column, and one of them was, uh, a couple of them blew me away, but he's basically, Jacob, Josh Jacobs has always gotten 260 carries. 260, not 216. 260 carries every season of his career. Still unbelievably mediocre. Josh McDaniels has, there, has not had a running back at 260 carries in five years. So basically, Josh Jacobs, who is extremely inefficient, is now probably going to get the smallest workload of his year. The Raiders brought all these other running backs. And also, like, they didn't draft him. Josh, John Gruden traded away Khalil Mack and used one of those picks on Josh Jacobs. Like, Josh McDaniels is not beholden to Moon in any way. It's one of those, like, I just think Jacobs is going to get phased out of this offense kind of slowly. Yeah. Uh, who else in the... So, like, the, the guy that I'm looking at in this tier that I just don't know what to think about is Antonio Gibson. Because it, there's a world where... I feel like of the players, like basically of any player that we've ranked, I feel like he has the most ability or or potential for me to just feel like, I wow, I totally missed that in either direction. Like he could end up being an RB one, and it won't that it won't surprise me all that much because he's that talented and he's that fast, and he's got the size and speed combo that you really want. Um, but also, like it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever either if he just ends up being like the third most useful fantasy running back on that team. You know, I don't think the coaching staff is enamored with Antonio Gibson, and I think that he's fighting a two-front war. J.D. McKissick's back yeah. to take the passing work from him, but then they dra- drafted the rookie Brian Robinson, and Brian Robinson might get short yardage. So now you're talking about Gibson, and like, I'm, like I've had Gibson, I have Gibson in like you know one of my favorite dynasty leagues, and like he, he had a great game on Thanksgiving. But the reality is, if he's not getting catches and he's not getting goal line work, how are you taking him for a while? Right. And Washington's going to suck, and you're going to have to root for Washington's offense. With Carson Wentz, you're going to feel like an idiot. I still can't believe Car- they, Carson Wentz is still a starter in the NFL. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I have no opinion on Antonio Gibson. I don't have an opinion on any of these guys, and I think that's perhaps what the tier is. <laughs> Can we call that this tier? The, the guys no we have no no guys. firm opinions on any of these people. I don't that's think fun. about you at all. I don't think about you at all. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you 
covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right, tier six. Chase Edmonds for Miami, Devin Singletary for the Bills, Cordell Patterson for the Falcons, Tony Pollard for the Cowboys, Damian Harris for the Patriots, back to back with Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots, Melvin Gordon for the Broncos, Ken Walker for the Seahawks. This is a tough tier, too, because I feel yeah. like I want to move three of these guys up. I, I was going to say, I would take Melvin Gordon. This is the I like this tier more than the higher tier tier. I, I almost feel like we got to move Josh Jacobs <laughs> and down and we got to move like I would move some of these guys up. This is I mean, this tier is just to me, objectively better value players than the tier in tier five, uh, the players in tier five. Can we be clear about something? Because I, I think that uh, we probably should do a better job of this. We're not saying when we say, well, I can't, I just cannot take Josh Jacobs with the 60th pick. Like, please don't. I'm not saying like instead take Melvin Gordon with the 60th pick. What I'm right. saying is if you can wait till the 100th pick and get Melvin Gordon, I actually think he'll be outright better than Josh Jacobs this year. However, <laughs> don't take him where Josh Jacobs is going. It defeats the entire purpose. Yeah. Extract value. Yeah. Um, who stands out in this group? Uh, I, like I think this, da Damian I th I Harris like too, actually. Yeah, Harris being next to Ramondre. Is Damian Harris way too low? <laughs> no, because I, Damian Harris basically had his best because he's not going to catch passes. Damian Harris, Damian Harris had 15 touchdowns last year, whatever it was. Right. Basically, right. his best possible outcome in what was he like, a t like you know, 19th. So there's not really a world where he can get better, right? He's not going to improve. Upon I don't think they so. just feed him in the red Especially zone. Especially with Ramondre coming on. Yeah, he was fifth in red zone rushes last year in the league. Didn't he? Didn't he convert like all of his rushes from inside the five or something ridiculous? I think I saw that. It, it, it was like his his rate of converting his carries inside the five was really really high. He had fourteen rushes inside the five. Nine of them were touchdowns. Yeah, and that's that's like that's something that is variable every year, and you know it's like tough to rely on that. So he he has um, regression kind of written all over him in touchdowns. This is also the last group. I think this is important to say. This group is basically composed of running back, like starters, quote unquote. We don't know what to do with, with really high upside twos. But it's also the last group where we have any semblance of predictable playing time. Like Chase Edmonds, 
could be great for the Dolphins, but we don't know what that offense is going to be like or whatever. You know, I think it'll be run first. We'll see. Devin Singletary was like a top five running back to end the season for Buffalo. If anything, I think he's also probably a huge value in this tier of Melvin Gordon. And then like the fl- like the flip side is Tony Pollard, who again, people are hoping overtakes Zeke. Ken Walker for the Seahawks, people overtaking Rashad Penny. But after this, guessing the playing time for these guys is absolute like dart throwing. Like you need to kind of have, you probably want, your last guy you're relying on for playing time to come from this group. Cause afterward you're going to kind of need to get lucky. DK, can we briefly talk about Ken Walker? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, Rashad Penny has pretty much never played like more than seven games in a row in his career. <laughs> God damn Which, it. <laughs> hey, I love him. I think he's great, but yeah. if, if he gets hurt, God forbid, mm-hmm. how good is Kenneth Walker going to be? And how, like, will he just take over and, and be the three down back? Um, that's the, well, that is the question, right? Because I don't know right now. And I've seen from the beat reports out of Seattle are that neither Ken Walker nor Rashad Penny are going to be three down backs because it sounds like, uh, the Seahawks like DJ Dallas and or Travis Homer as like the, the, the quote unquote third down back. Um, we'll see if that actually happens in games when things matter. I don't know if I really believe that. I think that they're going to want to get the most talented guys out there. And that's Kenny, Kenny Walker and, and Rashad Penny. But um, there were periods last year where both DJ Dallas and, and Travis Homer were getting pretty like decent snaps on in those situations. So it's tough. Uh, you know, I don't think I think that Ken Walker is a great value pick at this spot because I think he's a very good, el- elusive, explosive runner. And the chances of Rashad Penny going down seem like pretty decent. And he could end up having like a really strong role. I okay, really like Rashad Penny stays healthy. Well, then that's kind of why you're taking him here. That's why he's a little bit lower than, you know, well, at least for us, we have him ranked quite a bit lower than Penny. There's some places that have Kenny Walker ranked higher than Penny. I, and think I, think Rashad that, Penny I think Rashad Penny is the epitome of like a guy that everyone had like big expectations from and is sick of now and kind of wants to reject reality a little bit. Right. I understand it's like, oh, we might get hurt. Okay, a lot of these guys might get freaking hurt. And like, I understand Rashad Penny has a long history of injuries. The first real argument we've ever had on this podcast was about Rashad Penny. And I was out, and you guys were in. And I cannot believe this has flipped. But I actually think it's representative that you guys believed and feel burned. And like, now I'm kind of swooping in, and I'm just like, I, this doesn't make sense. Rashad Penny to finish the season at like 300 more, or not three, like 250 more rushing yards than anyone else. I'm not saying that'll happen again. However, he's going outside the top 60. Like, like, I, just for a moment, if we live in the world where he doesn't get hurt, everyone's assuming, well, the Seahawks took Ken Walker, so he's got to be the guy. And I'm like, that, I don't think anyone's thinking about this from the Seahawks perspective. From the Seahawks front office perspective, you had Chris Carson and you had Rashad Penny. Chris Carson had this neck injury and they kind of knew his career was probably over. It only mm-hmm. happened like he only retired a couple weeks ago, but the Seahawks have kind of known all year Chris Carson's career is probably over. And then Rashad Penny is going to be a free agent. At, at the end of last season. So they're like, now we just have DJ Dallas, who was what, a seventh round pick? And Travis uh, Homer, they're on the running backs. A yeah. fourth, okay, sorry, a fourth round pick, but he's a special teams player. Regardless, yeah, yeah. And so they're like, wow, we're screwed. Chris Carson's gone and Rashad Penny's going to be free agent. So they re-signed Rashad Penny to be a one-year deal and then they draft Ken Walker. And I don't understand why the, the, the most logical thing seems we're retaining Rashad Penny to get the continuity in the offense and he will be the guy for this year. And we're drafting Ken Walker so he can be the starter, hopefully, for the next three years of his rookie contract right, after right. this season. And I don't understand why Ken Walker eventually overtaking Rashad Penny is just assumed to be happening this season instead of next year. 
Why is yeah. Rashad Penny not the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks? I, I mean, I think you said it. This, uh, this is sort of rhetorical, right? Like, it's because people are afraid he's going to get hurt. Or people expect that he'll get hurt. Um, also, you know, with a I get that, early... but I'm just saying he's next to J.K. Dobbins, who's actually hurt. Like right now he's recovering. I know, but like the, the different, I, I think we all agree that we like, I mean, like we're, we're not saying we don't like Penny this year. It's just that yes, he does get hurt a lot. Also, Russell Wilson's not there. This offense is going to be way worse. Right. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess he could like get 250 carries and light everything up, but I, I think he's just like a middling RB2. The, the reason people I think are afraid. So like we have Penny ranked, I think quite a bit higher than consensus or whatever. And I think a lot, we are a lot higher in consensus. We, we believe Penny. in what we saw down the stretch last year. Of course, there's a lot of variables to that, but the Seahawks I mean, are going to try to run wise, He's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, he's one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL. He's like essentially a extreme discount version of like Chubb because he's, he's going to be on a team that wants to run the ball a lot. Um, He's maybe not going to catch a ton of passes, but he's an explosive runner. And he showed that. He showed basically um, why the Seahawks wanted to take him in the first round, you know, back back when. So, I don't know. He, I feel like he proved the talent thing, and he proved the explosiveness. He's always been an explosive player. He used to be, like, a really good kick and punt returner, or kick returner at least. Um, and he has that, you know, big play potential that the Seahawks really want. And I think they're really going to lean on that because look, look at what the quarterbacks are. I keep coming. The thing I keep coming back to. And the reason I, I rank Penny higher than I think the consensus is that they want to make his explosive play potential, like a foundation of their offense. And he, and he yes. has that talent. If they're going to run the ball a lot, if, if they're going to run the seat, the offense that Pete Carroll wants to run, which by the way, they're going to run the offense that Pete Carroll wants to run. <laughs> it's it. You need to get explosive plays on the ground. Like, period. Or else you're just going to get stuck in the mud every game. And so that's why I think Penny's going to get a lot of volume. I think that's why he's a perfect fit for what they want to do. Um, I think Kenny Walker, honestly, is like very similar style. Like, explosive play creator, really elusive, see the whole get through it and get downfield kind of deal. Um, but I think Penny right now has got the inside track to be like the starter and get the at least like maybe 60-40 of the, of the touches. Um, and so hopefully they'll be explosive enough on the ground to like make those touches worthwhile because I think the fear is mainly they're just not going to get they're not going to be high value touches not touchdowns to be clear, not catches. I'm not saying Penny should go 50th I'm saying that sometimes he's available like 95th or 100th yeah. and Ken Walker goes ahead of him and in that case I'm like what am I what world do I live in okay next tier here we're in like high end handcuff territory slash like ambiguous backfields right Damian Pierce for the Texans Michael Carter for the Jets James Cook for the Bills Tyler Algier for the Falcons, Isaiah Spiller for the Chargers, Alex Madison for the Vikings, Daryl Henderson for the Rams, Rashad White for the Bucks. So to be clear, the Vikings, so actually <laughs> Madison, I think we would have probably a little bit higher, but the Viking, uh, Dalvin Cook actually kind of hurt his finger this week. And then Alex Madison, or Dalvin Cook hurt his hand and then Madison hurt his finger. And then Irv Smith, the tight end, also hurt his finger. I don't know what's up with the Vikings and hand injuries, <laughs> but otherwise that's really strange. Uh, this is just like a bunch of upside guys, upside pass right. catching guys who could, if they took over backfield, you're like, oh, maybe a top 10 running back each week if they, if they actually got the starter role. Um, any, any objections here? For I think the, the only one I kind of look at here and I'm like, I don't know whether he belongs or not as Spiller because we don't really know for sure if he's even going to be the RB2. I think that's well, the assumption bad news, right now. DK. Do you know, uh, you have Isaiah Spiller, the highest of all of us. So you're the reason. No, I know. And I'm, that's, I think I'm essentially what I'm saying is I'm gambling on that's what's, what's going to happen. But I think that to me is, is the question mark of this group. Otherwise it looks like pretty solid. Like you said, um, 
hand or not handcuffed, but like higher end. Like this is like the RB three group that could turn into a bunch of RB twos or higher. For me, I yeah, th- I think Rashad White is the only guy that I'm like I don't know what if he should be here because I think every other player on this list: Pierce, Carter, Cook, Tyler Algier, Spiller, Madison. I guess maybe not Madison, Henderson. They're all going to play. Like Henderson will play. Like James Cook is going to get minutes. Michael Carter will be on the field. Rashad White get minutes. Rashad White like might not see the field. I'd like to add James Robinson and swap out Rashad White for James Robinson for the Jaguars. We're all like we're a little weirded out. We don't have to do James Robinson. We thought he'd like have a much slower recovery with his Achilles, and now he's like back in in two weeks. Might just be taking care. Why isn't Jamal Williams pl- actually on this list? I'd be happy to put Jamal Williams. I, I'm I love Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is the perfect nexus. <laughs> Jamal of, Williams like, starts. If Jamal Williams were like the best running back in football, I feel like he would be a global celebrity <laughs> because I cannot remember a, a person who is more consistently entertaining <laughs> when they're in front of a celebrity? microphone. <laughs> Jamal like Williams. He's Harry Styles if if he starts. Yes. <laughs> Jamal Williams uh. is like – Jamal Williams in front of a microphone is the most joyous – he, you remember they when he was talking about Frozen? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he when he left the Lions, like they feed me good. He has a good personality. Yes, oh, he'll be on Hard Knocks this year. Oh yeah, well that's this. Well, it's next week. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't. I, I I I am so confident Jamal Williams will be in the first episode of Hard Knocks. They're gonna like be all in. The Lions him. are very likable. I like where the Lions are going. Oh, I love Jamal Williams. Yeah, I think the main, the main, the main worry with guys like Robinson, Jamal Williams. We've got Ronald Jones in here, who I'm less confident in that right now than I was. You're talking about this next tier, tier eight. Yeah. Well, let me just. So this next tier, we didn't go through yet. The next tier is James Robinson for the Jags, J.D. McKissick for Washington, Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles, Ronald Jones for the Chiefs, Jamal Williams for the Lions, my guy, Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins, Khalil Herbert for the Bears, who Craig mentioned earlier, Deontay Foreman for the Panthers, who we think will replace. McCaffrey, if McCaffrey gets hurt, and then Samir White for the Raiders and Brian Robinson for Washington. That's the team. Like, like kind of Jamal Williams should not be on the same list as as Brian Robinson. Jamal Williams, really, starts. what we're talking about? But I would airlift certain people out of here: Robinson, Kenneth Gainwell, Williams, and then maybe Rojo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of just well, feeling uh, like this is all uh, just one big tier. <laughs> it is kind that of one I might, like, Honestly, I maybe it is. I don't, honestly, like, because you can make arguments for any of these guys to move them up and down. Like, if Damian Pierce ends up being the starter in Houston, he's maybe the odd man out here. Um, or maybe if James Cook ends up starting in front of Devin Singletary, then we got to mix but things then, up. But like, even then, I'm not in on Damian Pierce because I'm like, what is it? What, like, here's the thing. Damian what's Pierce the is not... Yeah. Spoiler alert, Damian Pierce not getting 90% of Texan snaps no matter what he does or how many of the, the old dusted running backs But couldn't he just retire. be Rashad Penny? Like, like I, what's the difference? No, because the Texans suck. And basically so what I'm saying is- So do the Seahawks. Is, what are you talking about? No, no, it's different. It's different. The Texans are like barely a football team. They're like a band <laughs> of one- They're probably better quarterback. They're like a band hey. of one-year contract mercenaries. <laughs> and like, I, I guess my question is, how many times every season, there's somewhere between like two and three, maybe four teams where you're like- it actually doesn't matter who gets the starting job. Like even the presumed quote unquote starter is like still just not good enough for you to want to confidently insert in your lineup. And I guess my question for you is what is the best possible outcome for Damian Pierce this year? Because I feel like literally if he hit the 100 of 100 outcome, that's like what 20th over uh, among running backs. Mm hmm. I was thinking like a low end RB two or something like that. Whereas, what if these other guys hit the one hundred of one hundred? So, like, I, I think that that to me actually, I think he's in this. 
I, I I wouldn't be opposed to kind of merging these into one giant tier because it's really all you're just chasing upside and just kind of what's your flavor here. It is what's your flavor. That's that's the thing is it's what's your flavor. Who do you like? Who do you think has the most talent? It's just a bunch of like handcuffs slash pass catching backs. Yeah. I think the problem with guys like Robinson and the problem with the guys like Williams, like, yes, they're getting playing time and yes, they may be nominal starters, but they're not getting the valuable touches, especially in half PPR and PPR. Like you, well, Jamal just, Williams might. Jamal Williams could could get some goal line stuff. I guess. I love yeah. Jamal Williams. Yeah. All right. So the overall the point is we're not. T- if we are going to say though, if we were going to separate those guys that are like more upside and less side, James Cook for the Bills, who I'm not convinced is going. Like if it was just James Cook and Devin Singletary, maybe. But I think that Zach Moss and that'll be like a three man backfield, which would be tough. But he could. I, I love Tyler Algier for the Falcons. I think he's a ton of upside, and like that could just be him and Cordell Patterson for the Falcons. Matt, Alex Madison is like the single best handcuff in all football and Dalvin Kick, Cook, again, already having a hand injury, hand injury. We'll see if that actually becomes anything that happened. Like, it just happened, so we don't actually know the severity of it. But... I think this is one big tier, and then I think we need to end yeah. it at Deontay Foreman. Yeah, like, Zamir White and Brian Robinson, I even think Rashad White on the box. Like, I, this guy's not playing unless somebody gets hurt. Well, the reason people like him, Craig, is because he is a really good pass catcher in college. And if they if he can somehow earn the trust of Brady and or if Fournette gets hurt, he has incredible I just, upside. I but what you just said feels goddamn If the rookie can earn the trust of Tom Brady over Leonard Fournette, who's caught Okay. The guy who was at Arizona State last year. If Fournette gets hurt, Rashad White has a has a path to like massive. Does he? Wouldn't yeah. they just why wouldn't Gio Bernard do it? Because he's old. I don't he's know. He's too old. They drafted That's him the, in the third I, round. I, I wish casting. I agree. You agree it's with one what? Of those, he should not be in the same category as Daryl Henderson. There's just, I'm sorry. I agree with Craig. Rashad White's got him. No, I, down. I completely I, disagree. What? I, yeah, I, I completely I, disagree. I, we got out. We got out. Vote you, DK. Sean McVay said this week. He okay, I'm gonna, Henderson I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this up when Rashad White is like freaking. But RB2 I think that there's Fournette a friction between draft analysis and like again, it's like Rashad White's a, like if Fournette gets hurt. Then we hope Rashad White earns the pass catching trust of Tom Brady versus Sean McVay said out loud this week. I see Daryl Henderson as the co RB one of this team. Yeah, but he hasn't done that. He's never done that. I I'm, I don't love Daryl Henderson either, but Rashad White could run the wrong route and Brady could throw a pick and he's not playing another <laughs> snap. I I agree. I or agree. he could That's just be awesome. Sure. Yeah. What is this? Is where it's like draft brain from DK. You guys act like no fucking rookie running backs ever score fantasy points. No, for Tom Brady, serious question. When was the last time Tom Brady had a rookie running back in any setting that he threw? Like, it's a serious question. I don't that's know. Why I they, mean, that's I why they keep bringing James White back every goddamn year. I feel like it was 2007. Is that the Patriots or is that Tom Brady? Is that Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? I mean, even, I mean, I, even with Tampa Bay. Keyshawn Vaughn didn't get very far with Keyshawn, Tampa Bay. I, you, look, I told you from the very beginning, Keyshawn Vaughn isn't very good. I think Rashad White's good. There's a reason why the Bucks keep bringing in veterans rather than promoting these rookie receivers and players. I mean, that's why they're bringing in Julio's and Antonio Browns and they sign Leonard Fournette. Okay. The reason Tyler Johnson with the Bucks yeah. is like this incredible draft prospect and also probably going to get cut. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's fine. If you guys want to move down, how is I this under- the most intense argument? This is Honestly, the, we're talking about like sign. the fucking thirteenth round. I know it's Go a for good it. sign for our rankings. Yeah. About Rashad White. This is a good sign for our I'm rankings. Just all, I'm going to say, I told you so. When Rashad White's getting meaningful, steps, totally. You know we'll what? See. I'll take it in stride. Okay, I, I will just say, Heifetz, 
I never thought Keyshawn Vaughn was good. You can go back and check the tape. I always thought he was a jag. I think Rashad White is good. That's all I'm going to say. I actually agree with you. I think Fournette's probably going to get the lion's share, but I think Rashad White's good. All right. We're not saying he's not good. That's all. <laughs> we never said that. We just like, there's two ifs to him playing. Well, I'm just saying there's, there's, there's the context here. That's all. I think it's a good sign for our rankings that we didn't really yell at each other and no feelings were hurt to like, you know, the 130th pick. I think that's a good <laughs> no, sign. No, this is good. All right, the last year, just to go through it. Oh, so man. we're moving down. So Zamir White for the Raiders, Brian Robinson for the Washington, Hassan Haskins, who might get the job if Derek Henry gets hurt in Tennessee. Gus Edwards for the Ravens, who's like a backup to J.K. Dobbins, but also covering from an ACL. We didn't know where to put him. Tyrion Davis Price for the Niners, who DK loves, I think, a little too much. Neemines for the Colts. <laughs> All right. Mike Davis for the Ravens, honestly, for the bit. And then Mark Ingram for the Saints. But honestly, I would probably would take Mark Ingram out of this at this point because um, I don't think Kamara's giving us time. Ne- Naheem not, Hines no needs one. to be higher. I agree. You guys need to get that's, on, yeah, get on the Naheem Hines train. No, I, I agree. I got him I ranked, started like, the Naheem I have him ranked like 50 spots ahead of you guys. I started the Naheem Hines train. I would move him up. Uh, also, right. I, is it bad that we have like 149er ranked in the top 150? 149er running back? No, because the rule is always take the cheapest one. I mean, Jeff Wilson, for all we know, could just lead the team in touchdowns. But when we get to October, I know we, we we just have to, we have two ranked, and one is a rookie. Like, should we rank anyone else? Should shouldn't Trey Sermon be on anywhere on a, on a list? Trey Sermon's getting hyped this week. Of They're course, this is such like, a fucking be at the mess, top man. of our ranks when we get to like waivers week one, and we're like, oh, Jeff Wilson. Can we should have a, a tier? We should have can tier ten just only be oh, Niners geez. Running back, <laughs> you know yeah. that's actually really just Trey Sermon, Jeff Wills. That's really funny. The re- the reason they're not ranked, none of the 49ers are ranked. It's like I don't want to rank them. I'll do it later, and then you just never do it. Like you procrastinate on ranking any 49ers because you don't want to have to think. They're about like it. the waiver wire. It's just like just you're you're just gonna wait to the waiver wire in week three. It's a fucking wasted pick. I just, am such yeah. a believer in Jeff Wilson. I think if Jeff Wilson were healthy, Kyle Shannon would play him all the time. I don't know, man. You're probably not wrong, honestly. Like, I, th- I love Jeff Wilson. I think it's the yeah. the only thing Kyle Shannon and I have in common is an irrational love for Jeff Wilson. <laughs> isn't uh, isn't Jamichael Hasty also on this team? Yes. Toss him in the mix. <laughs> you could convince any anybody that has been on this team. As far as Toss I'm him concerned. in the tier ten. He got like 18 carries in a game last year. I think. <laughs> all right. I think uh, that's all. All right. Can we wrap up the tiers here? Yeah. Big picture yeah. thoughts in these tiers. How do you want to approach with the obvious caveat? You're trying to get value, blah, blah, blah. What are you trying to do with running back this year in your drafts? Tier two, baby. Screw tier one. <laughs> I want I want two of his top 15 guys. I kind of agree with Craig. I'm increasingly feeling like my dream draft is if I can get Justin Jefferson with like the fifth pick. And then like my next two picks, I can get anywhere from like Najee in the second round. But if I can get two of You can't get him in the second. Can you? Uh, depending on what pick you have, you get like you know if you're in a ten guess, team league, maybe. like you know most people. But uh, if you can get two of Najee, Mixon, Kamara, Barkley, Swift, Fournette, Aaron Jones, Connor, yep, totally possible. Chubb, Javon, like if you can get two of those guys, Zeke and Justin Jefferson, and then you come back and you just get like six straight picks of all receivers or a tight end and a quarterback, and then you don't come back to running back for like till I love that so much. That's like my dream. I totally agree. I think that the, the elite running back list is, is deeper than it's been in a while. And you can just wait to get a first round talent in the second round and you can get a great yeah. receiver in the first. That's I, I totally agree, Heifetz. I would tier it as like, basically the way, again, to go back to the whole concept of the tiers thing, I w- I'm loosely aiming to get between one or two of the of our first three tiers. Yeah, I agree. And I, I and that's it. And yeah. then like, I would probably value like seven receiver tiers. 
And then avoid tier five at all costs. Yeah. And I'll <laughs> come back in. I'll swoop back in around our tier. tier six. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, we got emails, but first, do we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the ayahuasca and the tea? <laughs> so basically, it's also, it, first of all, it's like a two and a half hour podcast that Rodgers did. And Jesus. among the things he said, he basically. Did you listen to it? Did you listen to it? I started it because I thought it would be, you know, not two and a half hours and I couldn't believe it. So no, I did not get to finish it yet. Like, but, um, because it, it this just this just happened this week, but basically, uh, I I don't want it. It's such a wide ranging conversation. But one of the thing he said that made news was basically that he drank ayahuasca tea um, two years ago, and then he immediately won the two MVPs. And the what that is is it includes DMT, and um, DMT is a wild drug. DMT is like <laughs> perhaps the most powerful hallucinogenic. Like we're like like a like around. And it's it's called like the God drug. <laughs> I have spoken. I I know people who've done DMT, and it's been described not just by them, but like like it's it's it almost like simulates death in a way. Yeah, like like all of your all of the chemicals in your brain release at once. Yes, and like the way like people describe like the white light at death, and like people find peace in death. It's like it's like that's what DMT does to you. And so Aaron Rodgers said, is he found? Uh, oh, I, I forget the term he used, but basically like complete and utter self-love and one of the first things they talked about was like there's no self i love myself because i just love myself and you leave it at that so say what you want about him he did this and then immediately won two mvp awards so i think everyone should do <laughs> this DMT. is the key uh okay it's a pro dmt podcast this man has found peace it sounds like in a safe atmosphere with oh yeah kids listen to this don't don't yeah. actually do dmt it's insane well okay. you should be extremely careful well unless you're curious I feel like my take on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing is like this guy is a college freshman. <laughs> like he's growing his hair out. He's reading Ann Rand. <laughs> Fucking and you call it Ann Rand. And on Ayn. what do you call it? I think it's Ayn. Ayn. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but that is clearly, clearly, clearly I have say. not read it. So just for the record, but uh, you're not a fountainhead head. <laughs> I don't know. He he's like the guy. He's like pretty soon he's gonna bring a guitar in and like start playing for everybody. Like. He's he's like stereotypical college freshman, just like experimenting with mind altering drugs, growing his hair out, you know, counterculture. Yeah, he's like a hippie English lit lit major at like Berkeley <laughs> now. He's just born born in the wrong generation. He just should have been born like forty years ago. I think Spencer Hall actually tweeted this, and and, and it like makes sense. Um, he was so busy like studying his playbook and doing college football and he basically skipped the whole college thing. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is just now a college freshman in like spiritually. In, he's a college freshman of life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like the do your own research. He's just like read a bunch of Howard Zinn and is like, did you guys know that what you're told isn't always true? <laughs> you aware? DMT is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So don't do it. That's all. That's it. Seriously. Be really responsive. Oh no. Uh, email too. I want to read an email. Um, well, first of all, Sven wrote in our last Sven. episode of Super Bad. Or sorry, in your last episode, of Super Bad quotes, you all brought up the insane video of Nick Chubb squatting six hundred plus pounds, and I thought it could clear up some details for all of you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I have been a weightlift. I've been weightlifting for tennis years and coached football weightlifting for a year. 
So the weight that Chubb is pushing is impressive enough, but then he adds the variable, it's an earthquake bar. I heard this. My friend told me this, yes. I've also seen it called a tsunami bar. So Sven writes, having a bar that stays stable and straight makes for a much easier lift because have you ever tried lifting a bouncing weight? (laughs) (laughs) Basically. So it's actually harder than like a normal bar. I think it's harder, but easier on your joints, which it's amazing how anything could be easier on your joints, but that's allegedly what it is. But uh, basically, Sven says it's like doing the 600 pounds and then adding turbulence. Holy shit. So not only are his legs solid, but he must have a core of steel. In conclusion, Nick Chubb could kill us with his pinky toe. Wow. (laughs) So it's it's essentially like the, the fact that it's wobbling as you go up and down adds more, you know, stress on your muscles. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Which seems intuitive when you say it out loud. It's like a shake weight, but for squatting. (laughs) (laughs) Earthquake bar is such a cool name. Yeah. Nick Chubb on the earthquake bar. All right. And then most importantly, Craig, on our last episode, the, we got a lot of people saying that the thank you, Lauren was cut off. What happened, man? Yeah. It was your birthday. The end was cut off. You scampered away. What? What? (laughs) What are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't even know. So everyone Craig, listening. I meant to tell you this, actually. The ending of the podcast was cut off a little bit. It was your birthday, so we didn't want to give you any shit. <laughs> he was like, I'm out of here. The ending was totally Fuck cut it. off. I got I to gotta, I gotta check that. Drilling holes. I got to check that. I got to talk to IT about <laughs> Two that. Two weeks left. <laughs> Two weeks left of school. <laughs> give me a break. I got to lay down the, the smackdown on the intern after that. <laughs> Like everyone knows, it's home back. I mean, it's just a matter. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> There's th- just drilling. <laughs> give me fucking break. Three weeks of school. Yeah. Give me fucking break. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone who pointed out that I did not say. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you. Or of a revolution, the prototypical. Is that what it stands for? College freshman playlist. I did not know that's what it stood for. Uh, I think it is. I didn't know that wow. either. You learn something new every day. <laughs> Do you know the band Or though? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It does stand for Up Revolution, according to Google. All right, uh, I just can picture Aaron Rodgers <laughs> listening to Or. Wait, you know Google is. Um, <laughs> you know Google like increasingly will just give you an answer to a question instead of like a link. They'll just like yeah. tell yeah. you what's there. But it used to be like what's two plus two, and it'd be like four. But then they just used the algorithm to try to like get more and more confident with what they would answer for you. The other day, my girlfriend Googled, why do people hate Anne Hathaway? And instead of websites, she's Google just said, <laughs> because she's boring. I knew this. I knew the answer to this. <laughs> that was it's like Google officials. Answer. Is that the algorithm or is that just like some pissed off tech guy who met Anne Hathaway? No, you know what it is? It's, like it's citing so- a article or something it's actually proof of how bad google has i, I actually think google's gotten really like sloppy with like how come on things google work. yeah they were pulling it from ranker i, I don't want to shout here. out the website yeah ranker.com and google's like well ranker.com luckily has the definitive answer on why america she's like seen as dull and unexciting <laughs> <laughs> that is insane wait so it's not just my google right like that gives it to you too like why do people hate Anna hathaway it just gives you an answer yep that's crazy. That, that's a, a, a literal subjective question. <laughs> <laughs> Google told me. I could be like, what's the best topping on a pizza? And it's like olives. <laughs> I fucking hate olives. <laughs> Fuck that. 
This is like the new uh, world of information where people like, instead of actually looking something up and finding, you know, peer reviewed document or something, they just ask TikTok and they have the fucking answer there. And it's probably like some influencer doesn't know shit. How dare you? <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers is like blown away. He's like, you know, there's actually a lot of reasons people hate Anne Hathaway. <laughs> oh, for Can't trust sake. everything you read. He's going to print out the documentation and bring it. Uh, don't worry. All right. That's all we got. Um, Anne Hathaway, shout out. You're underrated. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> You're underrated. She's good. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.